0: Welcome to The Sword and the Trowel, a podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jared Longshore. I'm Tom Askell. Thanks for listening to The Sword and the Trowel today. Delighted to have you with us. And we are very excited about the launch of the Institute of Public Theology. We have two courses coming up starting late August. Dr. Tom Nettles is going to be teaching a course. And Tom, you'll be teaching a course, the first two, uh, courses: the maiden voyage of the Institute of Public Theology. We have a convocation that's coming yeah. up as well, having Dr. Everett Piper here with us. It's going to be a wonderful time.
1: Yeah, August 28th is that conv- convocation, and if you're not familiar with Everett Piper, you need to get familiar with him. He was the president of the uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan University and uh, wrote a book. An article that became a book called Not a Day School and just showing how what's happening in higher education, in Christian higher education especially, uh, is a travesty. And so he's drawn a line in the sand. He has been an outspoken advocate for a rigorous biblical worldview, which is kind of foundational to what the Institute of Public Theology is. I mean, we, even in our discussions recently, we've gone back over how timely it is that God has led to the uh, beginning of this institute. We need this more today than at any time in my life, where Christians, and especially Christian leaders, are trained to think about the Lordship of Christ in every area of life. That our Christian faith is not private, it is not something that we are to confine within the walls of our home or our church, but rather we have a duty uh, under Christ's lordship to go into the world to make disciples and to declare to everyone what King Jesus says.
0: Yes, and we have our conference coming up in January, January 20th through the 23rd. 2022 militant and triumphant the doctrine of the church and you'll be preaching god's word at this conference i will Vody bacham will be with us as well we have conrad and bayway who is going to be joining us to mm. deliver a message and we have pastor james coates from up in alberta canada and uh, we would love to see you down here we had a wonderful time last year at this conference and uh, all sorts of things happen all sorts of times of fellowship mm. people just connecting uh, with each other from all around the nation and so we encourage you to come back to sign up for this conference. Rates actually increase August 1st. And so yeah. now is the time to register for the conference militant and triumphant.
1: And it's going to be in January, January 20th through 22nd mm. in uh, 2022. And January in Southwest Florida is just wonderful. It's great. It's great. I mean, you can come, especially from up north Canada or anywhere up north, man, just come take pictures, send them back to your folks at home and say, look what we're doing today.
0: All right. Well, today we want to get into the faulty fundamentalist phantasm.
1: You sound like a fundamentalist in the way you alliterated that. That's pretty good. Yes, there you are. (laughs) We're
0: obviously fundamentalists because our conference has the word militant Militant, in it. So if you you, um, show any sense of militancy... Then you are a fundamentalist right away. Uh, I've noticed this. I, I want to talk a lot about the uh, paradigm. You know, he who sets the map, he who sets the agenda, has, really can influence the way people go. And Um, given what's going on in our society, given what seems to be going on in American evangelicalism, I think we need to discuss, uh, what some are proposing, uh, as a danger of fundamentalism. And, uh, at least in the Southern Baptist world, you're also a pirate. You can't just be a fundamentalist. You're also, you're a fundamentalist. Pirate, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. We, we talk like a pirate day, you know. I can't remember when that is, but I don't my know. kids used to do it all the time. I probably need to try to chime in this year.
0: There you go. Well, okay. So set up. You got an article from David French, and I don't know exactly where that is, and but it's it's. They was talking about a fun of uh, a. Piratical fundamentalist. fundamentalist takeover of the SBC. Yeah. Um, Nathan Finn has written on this, I believe, at Baptist 21, and then it came out on the Gospel Coalition, I think on Thomas Kidd's site on the Gospel Coalition. He's addressed. Um, what he calls convention fundamentalism, I believe. Denominational uh, denominational fundamentalism within the SBC and warning about the populism and the distrust of institutional authority, that Mm -hmm. kind of things going on. Thomas Kidd has an article out uh, recently as well on who is a fundamentalist or what is a fundamentalist. And uh, so you have, you have a number of people that are kind of painting the picture that what's going on in probably American Christianity is you have this this warning of fundamentalists over here. We don't want to go that way. And we need to um, go after this kind of evangelicalism that is warm, that is not uh, always focused on dissent, and they're kind of setting up that is the paradigm through which we should be thinking. What do you think about that? Yeah,
1: kinder, gentler evangelicalism or uh, avoiding the fundamentalism. And and Nathan Finn, I think, defines it. Let me find his comment here. He says, uh, I define fundamentalism as militant, conservative dissent against progressive trends in the church
0: and the culture. Well,
1: if that's true, welcome to the party. Come on and join us. Yes, I mean, (laughs) yes,
0: absolutely. So that is a very broad definition of a fundamentalist. It doesn't sound like exactly you have to be like a Bob Jones kind of person in order to be a fundamentalist under that description. I mean, you have Ephesians 6. We're told to take up the sword of the spirit. We're supposed to stand uh, firm. We have a whole kind of waging war kind of principle that's going on there. You have, okay, Joshua. Well, he's evidently a fundamentalist because (laughs) there's some militancy that's involved in that. You have Moses. Well, he's got to be a fundamentalist. Fundamentalist, fundamentalist as well. David, I mean, he's certainly fundamentalist under under that paradigm, and so many of our brothers and sisters throughout the world that have stood for the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: yeah. and Jesus says, you know, strengthen the things that remain, so there, yeah. Uh, drift, perceived or real drift, uh, Nathan goes on to describe it, well, is there a drift in our culture every 37 seconds our nation legally murders another citizen, another unborn baby? Mm. Should we be concerned about that? Should we be calling for a reaction against that? Or should we just continue to tolerate, say, oh no, 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 you know, things are fine and we're all for religious liberty and we want everybody to have peace and we don't want to uh, rock the boat. And so I I think we have just been moved so far as evangelicals in this nation, and I would say particularly Southern Baptists in this nation, that we don't even realize that the foundations on which we have stood for so long have been taken apart piece by piece from underneath us, and we no longer have anywhere to plant our feet.
0: Absolutely, that, that is the, um, that's the concern why I would want to address this topic is, If you are setting up a paradigm that says there's fight and fundies over here on the right, and then there's this other choice that you have, and it is a warm uh, evangelicalism, um, then you are setting up a faulty paradigm. You are setting up something that is going to lead you into a lot of trouble because the real situation is uh, we live in a culture and we live in a nation that is falling away into the Hit from its Christian roots. At a um, breakneck speed. At a breakneck speed. And uh, we've mentioned, is it Mark David Hall? Is that the author's name? Uh, Did America have a Christian founding? Yes, I think think that's 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 David Hall. Um, So uh, look at that book, a wonderful book of just Mm -hmm. identifying the Christian principles, all sorts of citations and sources in this that was at our founding. And if you, I think if some of those American fathers that were Christians, many of them being Christians, were to were to come and see us today and some of the conversations we're having, with the rampant sexual immorality, with the compromised church, with the slaughter of the babies, and then setting up that well, if you're going to stand firmly against the abominations that are going on in your culture, then you're some kind of fighting fundy who is who is who is bringing shame upon the name of Christ and harming our witness. Right. I think they would they would laugh at they us. Would, oh well,
1: they'd weep and they'd say, "What in the world have you done mm. with what we bled for?" and passed on to you. And I think that's, that sets up what's going on with a lot of Christians today here in the early 21st century in America, is we look around too often our Christian brothers and sisters are looking around and saying, we don't want to be offensive. We want a kinder, gentler type of conservatism. And so we don't speak out on certain things. And when we do speak, we qualify it so much that by the time we're finished by, with our sentence, you know, you don't even know what position we're actually advocating. Mm-hmm. And what we want to call for is to quit looking around so much, even quit looking at your brothers who have taken a different stand and are over there throwing stones at you whenever you try to advocate for something biblically and start looking looking at your children and your grandchildren. What are you gonna hand down to them? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna continue to be brought uh, along with the drift in our culture, not even a drift anymore, it's like a landslide in our culture into godlessness and immorality, are you going to try to dig your heels in and say, no, Jesus Christ is Lord, we're not going anywhere else. We're not budging one more inch and we're going to call upon people to turn from their sin and rebellion against him and to come to faith in the one savior this world has so that you can be rightly related to the God who created you in whose world you live and before whom one day you'll give an account. That's where we are.
0: Yeah, and you know there, there is a kernel of truth in warning against uh, maybe a fighting fundy uh, position, and what the kernel is. Is now is a time where I do I do know there are some who are tempted to sit and wring their hands, right? They're 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 not actually building anything. They're not going on the offensive in any sense. Uh, they're just angry, mm. and they they're probably watching the news if they're in the older generation and they're Christians and they're thinking, what's happened to the world, right? And there's a sense of retreat. Or if they're young, they're all over social media and wringing their hands, what's happened to the world? And there is this um, retreat into um, anger and bitterness that can certainly happen. But the problem is, uh, what's being advanced at, by these people that we have cited, what's being advanced, especially in the Southern Baptist Convention, is if you object to what's going on in the culture, and you're trying to address it with biblical truth directly, clearly, plainly, well, then you're a fight and funding, that's, that's right. the problem. and. I'm really convinced that this goes all the way back to the very foundations of things. We've said this a number of times here. Genesis chapter one, verse one, foundational and the most important verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you don't have this book, by what standard, uh, look at the subtitle on it, God's world, God's rules. If you position yourself this way, it actually enables you to say, uh, we love you enough to actually name these Mm -hmm. theories like critical race theory and intersectionality, we love you enough to actually address abortion fully head on and actually say that this is going to harm you. We're not going to try to hedge our bets and act like things aren't really as bad as they are because this world belongs to God. And I don't want the, 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 there's a groundswell of people that are getting that. Uh, People that came to our last conference, I'm trusting people that will come to this militant triumphant. They understand that the church is actually to do battle in the world. The church is to be a prophetic witness of the truth of Christ in a lost and dying world, and that's going to come with kickback. Mm-hmm. But I don't want this. Uh, oh, well, you people are mad at you, so you must be one of those fundamentalists, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like you look at the Book of Acts. I'm reading it with my kids. We're reading mm-hmm. family worship right now, and. Hey, we read a story about what happens at Philippi. You know, what happens? we we'll go to the place of prayer. God opens the heart of somebody to believe. Other people in the city abominate you and want to kill Not you and want to prison. throw you out. Okay, well, let's go to the next city, see what happens. What happens in the next city? Well, some people believe, uh, but you know, when you start talking about the resurrection, other people mock you and think that you're out of your mind at Athens, you know? Mm. Well, and I'm telling the kids, just get ready, because this is what it's like to be a Christian. Some will, but, but the paradigm that's being set up now is, well, all those people that are mad at you, signals that you must be one of those fighting fundies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the, these, and these are our friends and our brothers in many respects over here who are making these arguments. You know, they're saying you guys are, are hindering the advance of the gospel. You know, you guys are being caught up in this uh, fight and fundamentalism and, and you're just doing more harm than good. You're being divisive unnecessarily so. And we want to say to those brothers, we, we love you, uh, but we think you're dead wrong. And we think you have forgotten if you ever knew, what the Bible says about these fundamental issues of who we are, whose world it is, and how we are to live in this world, not the world that you think that we are in or used to be in, in this culture. But then there's this other group you described, Mm -hmm. and and within that other group of hand-wringers and angry, uh, bitter folks, there's emerging this mentality uh, okay. Uh, if that's what you're saying is, is we've just got to go along with the world. We know that's not right. And we know that if we speak out, you're going to accuse us of being all this stuff, then we'll show you. And, and I think what's happening is we are making this, this group is helping to make and fuel a lot of extremists over here. And both of them need to come back to the Bible. Both of them need to come back to hear what God says. God doesn't, give you a license to hate people and to try to do people in because they're wrong but neither does god tell you that those who are seeking to stand upon the word and to simply say the truth about things such as plagiarism in the pulpit is sin against god and homosexuality and transgenderism and all of the vile sexual practices are abominations to god saying those things is not unloving saying those things doesn't make one uh, anti-people no it is loving to tell people the truth that god has revealed about his creatures in his world mm-hmm. and that's what we were advocating for that's what we need to come to the table in order to say let's reason together from the scriptures to our lives to this world and begin to say what christ says and say it in his name under his lordship
0: One of the reasons I think people are presenting this faulty paradigm of fundamentalism and evangelicalism is, um, a lack of understanding about where we are at as a society. We've talked about this a number of times before, that if if you find yourself as a missionary in a robustly Islamic nation, well, then you're going to have to operate as a minister of the gospel Mm -hmm. in certain ways. You're not gonna have certain freedoms that you have in this land. You're not gonna have a cultural heritage to call upon as you do in this land, which has been so committed to uh, Judeo-Christian principle. And so you're going to be doing a certain kind. You're still going to have a public witness, um, but it's going to look different than it would here. Uh, We have dear brothers in Cuba, Uh, even right Mm. now, they're experiencing the onslaught of communism, experiencing the tyranny of, you know, your power being shut off and these kinds of things. Well, if you're a pastor in that context, there's certain things you're going to have to do. What's so concerning about kind of a, a soft evangelicalism that is calling um, those who are trying to be public witnesses fundamentalists is they are playing into the downfall of our own culture and our own society. They're not. They're not acknowledging that we had a glorious Christian heritage in this land and we have spurned it, Mm -hmm. we have walked away from it. And they've actually bought into the other narrative that the founders of our nation were an abomination. They were all bunch of enslavers, and we're better than them when we're slaughtering more people than uh, could even be imaginable. So you've got to know where you're at. If you're a pastor in the West, if you're a pastor in America, well then this is, this is what's going on all around you. And this plays into how you shepherd your people. This plays into how you care for your children. Um, we were talking before this podcast and I said, when I'm raising my own children, I want them to understand you go to any city in America, what are you going to see? You're not going to see a mosque. You're going to see church buildings. You're going to see a lot of church buildings. It doesn't matter what city you go to. You're going to see a lot of church buildings and the vast majority of them will have been turned into shops Or they will have been turned into some kind of secular assemblies that, you know, have nothing to do with Christianity. What does that tell you? Well, you live in a place that used to have this Christian heritage and now has fallen away from it. What do you do? You're going to be a prophet in this. You're going to be calling people back to the God that has been that, that used to be acknowledged in this culture and in this nation. But now uh, he has been eradicated and we've turned to worship the creature. And that's what you actually need to do if you're going to guard your people against those philosophies that are present among us that are going to lead them away from Christ. And then the trouble is you go do that and then you get called a (laughs) fundamentalist. It's like, wait, hold on. That narrative is so wrong. That paradigm is so wrong. And if you buy into it, you're actually going to leave your people susceptible to being indoctrinated in the secularism that's so rampant among us.
1: Yeah, it's it's really tragic. I mean, it's, it's tragic to hear good guys uh, suggest that the, the state should not have any kind of metaphysic, any, any kind of metaphysical commitments, or even that the church, you know, that we need to keep our metaphysical commitments, if we even talk about them, uh, internal, within the four walls, rather than acknowledging, no, this really is God's world. There really is a God who is the father of Jesus Christ, and he really has done the only thing that is available to anyone to be made right with him. All of those things, uh, none of our brothers would deny that but the significance and implication of it and where those truths should fall in the way we live in this world today, that's where the rub comes in. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, we've got to believe in uh, religious liberty means that we need to not say anything bad about Islam and means that we need to uh, allow for the state to be completely secular with no metaphysical commitments. And that's wrongheaded. That's not honest. It's not real. There is a God the, the the true God lives, and we are living in His world. And the accusations of fundamentalism—I mean, again, I'm old enough to know. You know, I've heard that before. Uh, that's what happened in the conservative resurgence. And it's interesting. Now we got people saying, oh, we don't need a conservative resurgence 2.0 in the SBC, you know. We're all conservatives. We're all conservatives. Well, yeah, everybody was saying that in 1979. Mm. You know, you think that's going to be an impressive argument with anybody who's got any uh, history or anybody who at least reads the history books? I mean, I've got brought some books in here today. And that's exactly what the moderates and liberals were saying, 79 through the 80s and into the 90s before they finally gave up, is you're just a bunch of independent fundamentalists. They're trying to take over the convention. I remember... Uh, the, the church that uh, Donna and I were uh, married in, Central Baptist Church in now College Station, Texas. It was in Bryan when we got married. We went to A&M. And uh, I was pastoring a little church, Rock Prairie Baptist Church in College Station while I was a senior at A&M and then getting ready to go to Southwestern Seminary. And that spring semester semester of 1979, we didn't have an evening service at Rock Prairie. So we went to Central Baptist Church uh, was there with Donna. And uh, we we had a professor from... Southwestern Seminary who was the interim pastor Leon Macbeth, and he came and for the spring of 79 every Sunday night he was talking about this attempted takeover that was going to begin in 1979 if this young man Adrian Rogers got elected and if that happens then fundamentalism will sweep over the end, the, the Southern Baptist Convention Southwestern Seminary will be turned into a Bible college mm. and we will no longer educate we will indoctrinate I So mean,
0: Adrian was a fundy.
1: Oh yeah Oh, oh yeah okay. I mean so all this stuff so you know these guys today that say well you know we just got these pirate funders fundamentalists over here
0: read your history books anybody to your right yeah. hey, speaking of which i mean i think i saw your daughter wearing jeans the other day my daughter yeah wearing
1: jeans Which one i got
0: five i mean <laughs> wow that's a lot of jeans for for being a fighting fundy, you know and you think about all this kind of things like you know do you come down uh, to a lot of these uh, if you were to go to they say the um those fundamentalist pirates that were trying to take over the SBC, uh, whoever they are, you know, this wing that voted for Mike Stone is probably, I wonder how many of them you find like walking on different side of the streets, male and female. Do you see that kind of thing going on? So, I mean, I'm amazed by the argument that these people are fighting fundies, that this really, it's just, the paradigm is so off from where reality is. Yeah. And I appreciated Thomas Kidd's article. He actually cites, it sounds like he's hedging on David yeah, French's yeah, piece yeah, and bit. saying, you know, I don't know that we're going to, you know, I'm I'm concerned, but you know, and he cites somebody saying a fundamentalist, you know, some say it's just anybody to your right. And it's just this way to just try to smear everybody to your right. That's trying to do something. But what's really interesting to me is that there is not, I, I, I sense this groundswell of people that are trying to move forward toward what's going on in our culture Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a a neo uh, young restless and reformed movement it's not this group that's just pulling away into an enclave but it's a group that's saying hey we appreciate uh, the heritage that has been passed down to us and we want to go and be public witnesses for the lord jesus christ that's why we here are starting this institute of public theology because we're realizing the pastor is to be the watchman on the wall he is to bear witness for the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And Christians are to let their light shine before men so that they would see our good deeds and praise our father in heaven. And I see all of that, which is not fundamentalism. So it's very interesting to me. It's like, well, it's, it's militancy. Well, yeah, it's, it's the kind of militancy we're called to do, Mm -hmm. but to label that fundamentalist. Don't, don't anybody buy in to that, um, that (laughs) argument that's being made and shut down and put down your guns.
1: Yeah. You know, we've got an article by Tom Nettles that just has posted at the founder's website. We'll, we'll link to it in the notes to this episode. But uh, he comments on this about how strange it is, you know, cause he was very much in the conservative resurgence and how that term fundamentalism is being used again. So let me just read you a sentence or two out of that. He said, uh, decades ago, some evangelical historians who were in reaction against their former, quote, fundamentalist upbringing capitulated to Martin Marty's more pervasive sociological use of the word. That made it easy to minimize the theological importance of the issues at stake. Instead, the term received a cultural and attitudinal slant and permitted its use to characterize opponents by dismissive epithets as ornery, insecure, and combative cusses. (laughs) Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The moderates in the time of the conservative resurgence use the term with opprobrium strange metaphor metamorphosis of language and party from what i have been able to learn several platform personalities at the sbc in nashville dismiss the legitimate theological concerns of the convention participants by ignoring their presence at the floor microphones and even pronouncing quote unseemly slurs and calling into question motives you fundamentalists I and mean, this is from the premier historian in
0: the sbc yeah the fundamentalist thing is interesting i mean i i i'm pretty sure i mean again you can go and make sure i'm right i'm going back years but i remember hearing like matt chandler in a video years back being like uh, you know of course i'm a fundamentalist i'm just wearing jeans and yeah. i remember thinking like that was awesome like, yeah you know mark
1: dever mark dever well, well, i'm a fundamentalist sure. christian
0: so it seems to me like you know there's a time when I guess it's okay to be a fundamentalist and there's a time when it's not okay to be a fundamentalist and then you, you know, it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. It just kind of depends on your context. Uh, but the reason that this should be addressed is um, my, my biggest concern is you have to see where the fault lines really are. And I addressed this in my sermon up at the Be It Resolved mm-hmm. conference. I think Votie Bauckham's book Fault Lines is identifying a very real fault line along the lines of critical social justice. And I believe underneath that fault line Uh, is a fault line of two different religions. That's really what we're facing. Mm -hmm. There is Christianity, as Abraham Kuyper said, and there is paganism. And those are the two choices. And if you can see it that way, if you can grasp it that way, and you can begin to see this new religion that is on the rise around us. That's why Tom and I wrote the book Mm -hmm. Strong and Courageous. If you can see that, then you love all of your brothers and sisters in Christ and you don't want them to end up in the bottom of that abyss right. as you see this cultural break happen. And I I've, I think I've said it before, maybe here, that I believe in the coming years, it's gonna be Christians and the pagans, and over here in the Christian camp, there's gonna be a lot of the people that you, they're gonna be fundamentalists, there's gonna be evangelicals, going to, these are mm-hmm. the two groups that you're going to have. Yeah, yeah. And so, out of genuine love to all of the brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't want them to buy this narrative that's that's unfolding right now because I think it's just a gateway to lead you to further and further compromise. And I know that needs to be spelled out. I think there's, especially in the Southern Baptist world, I think there's some who say, well, we don't need a conservative resurgence right now because we all really believe the Bible. We, we, We hold to inerrancy. And I totally get that we are not in Molly Marshall. Molly Marshall's not the, not the head of the School of Theology at Southern Seminary. Right. She's not. And so you can look back to that conservative pre-conservative resurgence days, and you can acknowledge that there are distinctions. We've talked about this before. But, that, but you can't take that old paradigm and then bring it over here, well, right. just because right. we're all confessing inerrancy. You've got to face up to, we just, we just elected a president of the convention that has his wife preach with him on Sundays. Right. That is not conservative Christianity. Right. That's not, that's not anywhere near conservative Christianity. So you've got to wake up to what's really going on. And I think that's going to take time. It's going to take work. But it starts by not buying into this fundamentalist farce.
1: Yeah. And you know, in so many ways, it's, it's like the, the boy who's willing to say, hey, you know what? The emperor doesn't have any clothes. I mean, everybody's telling us, Oh no, no, these are beautiful clothes. Look at this. If you don't see these clothes and there's something wrong with you, only the fair minded can see the clothes. And, and it takes the innocence of a kid to say, uh, uh-uh, he's naked. And, and that's what needs to happen now So we need to come back to the scriptures, read the scriptures, look up from the scriptures, look at our world, look at our churches and say, you know what? We're in a mess. And we're in a mess because we have forgotten what God has said to us. And we need to repent and plead with God to give us grace to stand against this onslaught now. And to say to our brothers and sisters who would accuse us of just being divisive and being argumentative and not being loving and all those kind of things that are thrown against us. What you are doing, we believe you're doing perhaps even well-intentioned motives, but you're wrong You're dead wrong. Let's open the Bible together and look at this. And how can you stand there and coalesce with all of the nonsense going on in our culture, thinking that by doing so, you're really gaining an opportunity for the great commandment to be practiced and the great commission to be advanced. You're not, because we have got to come back to the God who gave us that commission and the God who's given us his commandment. And if we're not doing that, if we're not dealing with the God who is then whatever else might be true and what things you might be able to sign as your confessions of faith, it doesn't matter because you have forgotten fundamentally that all of this is because of God. And that's where we are today. Again, I would just remind folks of this, that in the conservative resurgence, at Southern Seminary, Molly Marshall and others had signed the abstract of principles. And at Southwestern Seminary, you had people who were affirming the 1963 Baptist faith and message. And whenever they were challenged, they said, but we believe this. We believe this. So it's not enough simply to have your signature. In fact, I've got a list of signatures of those who signed the abstract of principles across many generations in my study. And you look at that, and it is a cautionary tale. I mean, the, the, the fifth signature on the abstract of principles was Crawford Toy. We became a Unitarian Universalist. Mm. So for us to think, oh, no, no, we're immune because everybody signed the right documents is naive at best.
0: Yeah. If you find yourself wanting to advance the kingdom of God by, you know, pulling out a revolver in your (laughs) office and shooting somebody. (laughs) Like a real uh, fundamentalist. (laughs) Well, then, okay. Then let's talk. Give us a call. Founders Mysteries. We want to talk to you a little bit about about the way the kingdom of God advances. Uh, But... If you are simply being charged of being a fundamentalist pirate by kind of a soft, moderate, evangelical left, I encourage you to respond with R, matey. (laughs) Come join the fight. Thanks for listening to The Sword and the Trout today.